The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. Feel good? Ready, Rock? Yeah. It's Sarah Burke here, and this is the Women in Media podcast. I'm joined today by Sangeeta Patel, who scared the living hell out of me coming into the studio. So uh, thanks for that. How are you? I'm good to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we were just figuring out our, our wardrobes, our lighting, but everything's good. Sangeeta is a well-known television personality here in Canada, the host of HGTV's Home to Win and formerly Entertainment Tonight Canada, which we're going to get into. Do you tend to do a lot of this stuff at home? I do. I mean, I think the last three years, everyone's yeah. been doing a little bit more of this at home. But uh, yeah, you know, being in studio, which is not happening anymore. So there's a lot <laughs> yeah. more things happening at home. And a lot of changes have happened, Sarah, in the last two, three weeks. And uh, I'm still, I don't know if I can swear, but I don't know what the fuck's happening right now. So I'm in that phase right now trying to figure out what just happened the last few weeks. And I haven't even like taken all that in. So the surgery, you know, I'm able to talk to you right now. My voice is coming back. I still have all these stitches and bruising in my cheek, but I'm starting to smile again. And like one side is starting to function. Oh, you look gorgeous. Well, thank you. (laughs) I put on makeup for you. (laughs) I wouldn't have known. It's been a lot. And uh, you are the first one I'm talking to since all this really has happened. So, you know, it's it's been a journey. You know, I wanted to give you some space when I had reached out. um, You know, we had a an interview in the calendar actually through your ET publicist, you know, just being pretty straight up about all this. But, uh, you know, then the changes happened and I said, well, would you mind putting me in touch with her? I I don't know if she's going to be willing to talk at this point in time, but I feel like there's, there's a collective grieving going on about the ET Canada Mm -hmm. show because we've Mm -hmm. all watched it grow 18 seasons. And now we're all kind of wondering what the hell, including the staff. So it's a, let's start there just because, you know, I think there's a lot to reflect on. 18 seasons is, is a lot. And you were there for what, 10 years almost. 10 years. And it's, it's a bit shocking just saying that out loud that I've celebrated my 10th anniversary and that I was a host on the show for a year. I hosted a weekend show the year before. Everything that's happened in the last few years has been like, ah, you know, amazing. It's just everything I wanted. And one of my biggest things is what you do, Sarah, is talking to people and telling their stories and living that passion. And I got to do that through this show. And I'm still, um, processing it all because it wasn't even about me. It was about the team. Like my heart broke when I realized this incredible team just were let go. And that is still taking a toll on me because I love them all so much. And I rebuilt this incredible space where it was safe and we were having fun and we were doing what we loved. And so in your right, I think once EG Canada was had ended, it became a different conversation about Canadian media and linear television and where is it going and how does this affect every other outlet that's out there and how do we take information in now? So there's this whole different conversation that blew out of this and it's something that I still need to process. Yeah. So I pulled the quote that Chorus put up, the cost of producing a daily entertainment news magazine show in a challenging advertising environment has led to this decision. We recognize the impact this decision has made to the dedicated team who've worked on the show and we thank them for their meaningful contributions. So it kind of felt, and I may be way wrong about this, but it kind of felt like you guys, you and Cheryl and and all the hosts and all the producers kind of found out within hours of us finding out. Is that right? 
Yeah, it was all very sudden. Uh, you know, me and Cheryl got to know a little bit earlier than the whole team, and that was uh, very tough for both of us. Uh, but we held each other's hand and we kind of, you become that mother, you know, you just want to protect everybody. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, we did have 18 years of incredible television. And, you know, it's just, it's, again, it's just a lot to take in. And I haven't had a chance because I went into surgery the week after and assessing that situation. So it's, yeah, it's, you know, I'm going to have to go to therapy and uh, figure <laughs> all this out. Um, yeah. But we know, we know how people take information in now these days, right? And yeah. this is a decision that they made. And um, I'm just, I look at the other way. I always look for the positive and the negatives and say, man, I had a great ride. It was an incredible yeah. ride. Yeah. And congrats. It's a beautiful journey to watch everyone at ET Canada go through. But I guess the part that like, I find interesting about your story and your surgery right now at this moment in time. Do you ever feel like the body presents things during interesting times on purpose to, to give you a message? That's exactly, you're right. You know, it's been a tough year for everybody at work. Uh, you know, all of our parents are getting older. Our parents are getting sick. My dad was sick. Uh, Cheryl lost her dad. Carlos yeah. lost his dad. Morgan lost her dad recently. And we were a family. We would walk into that studio and make sure everyone's okay. And I always try to make that studio space a fun space. No matter what's going on, we need a little bit of laughter and uh, a little bit of joy. And we held each other up. And and that's that's exactly what happened. Earlier this year, I found a lump on my throat didn't think much of it. I'm like, ah, maybe have an infection, no big deal. And Cheryl, who stands next to me as we're hosting, as this lump started getting bigger and bigger, she's like, you need to go check that out. You need to figure this out. I'm not that person who likes going to the doctors or <laughs> getting those checkups. I'm like, ah, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm married to a doctor and I still don't, you know, I don't <laughs> even, I don't know. I'm like, ah, don't worry. Just put a little bit of Vicks on it, a little bit of Windex on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, and then I finally realized I did a biopsy and it was benign. So I'm like, okay, everything is good. You know, I'm not too worried about it. We'll just watch it. And then it just kept growing and finally went to a specialist and we said, like, we need to get that thing out. There was things in it that we need to assess. And so I'm still waiting for the pathology report and, um, this new technology that was just, that was, uh, he's the only one who does it in Canada. Yeah. So I don't have a scar on my neck. Uh, it's through my mouth and it's just, you know, as an engineer, I was like, Whoa, this is kind of cool. Um, but yeah. And so that happened and I was under for four hours, which is just the whole thing is just what the F is happening. <laughs> all right? at like the I same said time. The it's just like all at the same time. Yeah. But I have to tell you, Sarah, I loved how people reached out and people were holding. It was just a blessing to know from, you know, our job, it's gone to the surgery and everybody just, I was overwhelmed and it was just, it yeah. was beautiful for me. Yeah. On the health front, I was thinking about that in my own transition, because I left a job at SiriusXM mm. a few years back around the time that I started this podcast. Right. You know, it's stuff I never really talked about at the time, but like I had stopped getting my period. Like I had all these like red mm -hmm. flags that I was like, it's fine. It's fine. A lot of the, it's fine. Right. Yeah. And then when you stop and I feel like you're, you know, you're going through that right now where mm -hmm. you're like, how am I living my life? You are so entertaining, yeah. even just on social media. Like I always look forward to, you know, your fitness stuff, your fitness Tuesday. I started the hashtag 10 years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, you always have so much fun. I like it's become a thing. as a fellow yeah. fitness girly, you know, I always like looking at that stuff. And that's where, you know, I think that you'll find a way to make content that you love anyway, regardless of what's next. And I did, you know, say, is there anything we can talk about coming up that you want to say? And I'm sure we just got to keep an eye on the socials to watch for, for what's next. There's a little bit of winking going on. Yeah. There, you know, <laughs> I was just going to say, Sarah, what you were saying, it's like you, social media is another completely different platform. It's a, it's a, I consider it another job, yeah. uh, which I love because I said this, my, you know, everyone asks, what's your branding? What's your, your what is that? For me, it's joy. It really is a place and a platform where I want to have fun and bring people some kind of, you know, from fitness, you know, you, like you said, you're, you're, you love fitness too. And yeah. to show people you can do this, especially the South Asian community to cooking, to my family. And I just love that space where there's a positive energy. And so, and I do share my experiences from the surgery to did, yeah. um, my bladder infections to like conversations <laughs> women don't really talk about. And so I'm like, yeah. Hey, this is where you can have that conversation. Sometimes uncomfortable, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a great space to have. And so building that was one aspect and doing ET Canada was another aspect. Um, and now it's like, there's a reason why there was so much energy put into social media just for this moment to happen. So, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm on to the next chapter and uh, I am feeling good about it. Yeah. In that excuse for reinvention um, is what I was going to yeah. sort of say before. What do you find might be something new that you'd like to get into, even if it's just learning something new or trying something new that maybe has been missing for the last, call it decade? Yeah. So interesting enough, I had a meeting yesterday and one of the conversations we had was I always put myself in second place. I always sit behind somebody else. I never let myself become the, the person at the top, the leader, or the, the person who's going to be taking control of the situation. I'm always the one who's kind of, even when I walk with my kids, even though they're taller than I am, I'm always <laughs> stepping back and standing behind them. And I think it's a protective gear. I don't know what it is. Is it because I don't want to fail or do I want to push someone else to become that person? And, and I think that's the narrative I need to change now is like, I'm allowed to grow now. I'm allowed to go to the next step. And so there are things I really want to do and, and it's making me nervous and it's <laughs> making me excited at the same time. And again, when I mention people connecting with me, they're like, yo, this is it, Sangeeta. This is your time. You've built all of this and this is when you're going to have to explode. And that makes me so nervous. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, this is it. Maybe this yeah. is it. Maybe it's mine. Yeah. Mm. Um, on the social media front too, um, you know, there's been a lot of hard moments in the world right now. Like we're recording this, mm -hmm. you know, two weeks past like a huge war breaking out in the Middle East that had started years ago, but many people didn't pay attention to it. We just, you know, it seems like everyone is paying attention right now. And, you know, I wonder with your brand being Joy, how do you take care of like those moments that need a little more consideration, like where it's not just on a whim going up and throwing up mm -hmm. a story or, 100%. or a reel, because I find it really hard. And lately, especially like I'm, I'm someone who's always sharing, but what I'm doing, recording this interview, doing this in the last two yeah. weeks, I've just been completely at a loss of words. How do you, how do you tackle the hard stuff? And that, that's it, right? Like when this, so when I went through surgery, I had chest pains mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm not sure where, I shouldn't be having chest pains. I'm, you know, there's no clots. There, sh there should be no blood clots. I think the surgery went fine. And I'm having ch like hard chest pain. I'm having a hard time breathing. 
And I realized I was consuming a lot of information of what was happening. Mm. And the reason I was doing that was I need to educate myself of the history of what was happening. And I'm like, how do I speak to this on social media? How do I take care of it? And my doctor says, shut that down. Mm-hmm. I was in a position where I was putting my health in high risk. And so what I did, I go, I, I can't just sit here and not do anything. Like there has to be something. And that's when you start figuring out what you're going to do without the use of social media. And that's when I started finding charities that I believe are going to get to these people in Palestine and Israel to the kids. Any mother who sees what's happening to the kids, like what it breaks you. It compl- Like I want to cry. It yeah. breaks you. Yeah. And yeah. so all this happening at the same time, I could not speak as much to it on social media. I was like, I, I can't go there. I need to take care of myself for my kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I found two charities that I believe in that did and I put it on IG stories, I talked about it, donated to them and I'm praying and to God that it gets to them. But how much can I do from here? There there is you know, that's the only thing I could think that I could hand myself my hand to what's happening there. It is tough and you have to be educated with what you say. And the problem with social media, and this is one of the things people just come at you negative or positive, and you're trying to, most people are trying to put most of the positive information out there, but you are judged on every little whim. So you need to be educated. Yeah. And those stick. So you need to know what you're speaking to. And when I did that during surgery, I ended up again in the hospital to check for a CT scan to see what was going on with my chest. And that's when I said, okay. A message from the body. Yeah. I have to listen to my body. And what can I do from here? And that's what I did was all I could do was donate and make sure and pray that it gets to them. But some city, like that's been the lesson, learning lesson the last two years, Sarah, is like all from Black Lives Matter to everything that's been happening. There's one thing to put it on social media, but there's one thing to educate. And that yeah. means you need to be educated yourself. Yeah. So uh, that's very important. So I think people know where I am right now, where you know I'm trying to heal, I'm trying to recover right now. And there's been a lot. Uh, and there's so much you can take in a mental state like this. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm doing things behind the scenes. I even sent, I'm planning to send a letter to Trudeau's office, but I still can't write to it because I, I have to have the right information for me to put yeah. that letter together. So, things like that. And yeah. it's hard because you're, I think everyone is going through it. They're just holding it in. And how do you, how do you speak to it? And how do you, yeah, it's, yeah. So, I'm having a tough time with it too. Yeah. And you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm brought up as a Jewish girl who has, has really just been there for like the family traditions of it for most of my life. Right. And, you know, I, I went to Hebrew school and I find myself having to educate myself on things still. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's not a clear, like I stand with this or I stand with that. Like no. it, it definitely takes time and intention in how you're going to deal with it. So yeah. Totally appreciate it's about humanity saying. at the end of the day. It's everybody. Uh, it doesn't, what religion doesn't, I, to me, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's a, a yeah. tough situation. So yeah, behind the scenes, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be tar- targeted some way or another on social, but behind the scenes, I'm doing my part. That's particularly, I think is going to help in some way. Yeah. I hope. So that's, uh, that's what I'm holding on to. but yeah, I don't know. I feel also Sarah's like we're in this, we've been digging out for the last Two years and we're still just digging. I, I just want that other I side, know. right? Like, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. 
Yeah. And, and there's also like a weird pressure, I would say, for people like you and I who have a public platform, yeah. like when you don't say something, you, you know, yeah. you may be well aware that you can take some time for yourself. A, a person that I hardly know sent me a message the other day um, that really stuck with me. She yeah. just said, you know, I hope you know that you don't owe anyone anything on here. And it's mm. like a complete stranger almost saying that to mm. me. But I was like, you're right. Like if I need a minute here to digest mm -hmm. and process, like mm -hmm. don't owe anything. Um, but Spotlight comes with, you know, what we both do for a living. And mm -hmm. in that, call it a three-parter. I want to know one of your scariest moments in the Spotlight, one of your proudest moments in the Spotlight. And sometimes they are the same thing. <laughs> and mm -hmm. a lesson learned in the Spotlight. Yeah. I mean, the scariest, I used to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. um, I have You and Ivanka Osmak from Sportsnet. Yeah, both right. <laughs> yeah. I was an electrical engineer and I was in a pageant and I remember doing some throws for like a journal. I went to a broadcasting place and talked about the pageant and I was like, I love this. This is so much fun. And so I, at nighttime, I would work on Rogers Television, local television show and do that. And during the day, I was an engineer and then that scariest moment was I had my first child and I'm like, this is it. I'm going to stop being an engineer and I'm going to go into this hardcore. Um, so that was probably the scariest moment for me because here I am who studied my ass off for I don't know how many years <laughs> to get to be an electrical engineer, which is a male dominant career and fought my way through. Um, I decided to make that change. And that was probably one of the scariest mo moments for me and going to the weather network and working part time and just going to city TV, to city TV, to ET Canada. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Toronto, downtown Toronto, right? Okay. And so was um, it local Rogers you're talking about, Toronto? Um, and I did a show called Toronto Living, which I covered entertainment. Um, and that's when I met Brad Pitt. Like I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, so, uh, you know, like that was yeah. probably the scariest and it was a highlight for me too. But for mm -hmm. me, it's really um, – my passion is talking to people and um, doing interviews and having those chats. So when I feel they're comfortable and that they want to share the story with me, that's that's my passion. That's where I think is what I live for. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like when Dwayne Johnson is like a homie. <laughs> right? Like we, <laughs> we text each other. I, I've had that relationship for 10 yeah. years with this guy. We're, we're buddies, you know, and like um, to Tom Cruise, to like Julia Rock, like, and you just, I forget that's Dwayne Johnson. I forget that's Tom Cruise. And like, that says a lot. Like these are the biggest stars and I don't even get, I don't get nervous. It's more like, yo, what's up? And they're like, what is with this nerve? chick, right? Yeah. But there's just that that's important to me. Those bonding experiences are I mean, these are celebrities, but if you treat them the way, I guess, like regular people, it works. And it's uh, you know, Dwayne is an he's an inspiration to me, and now we're buddies, and I love that. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. 
And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually, better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to organictraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. Did you get a text after the ET news from him? Well, I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I just figured. Uh, But yeah, yeah, like, you know, even his team, like the whole team at Seven Bucks Production to Danny Garcia, like they're just all just an incredible group of people and that they inspire me that you can do more. Like you think about his history, Uh, his mom, when I met his mom, she had like an album book with actual photos in it. She's like, look, this is, this is, and this is. And like just the family dynamics of them yeah. is just incredible. So it's not even just Dwayne; it's his his aura and his atmosphere that totally inspires yeah. me. Um, so it's from fitness to that, and I'm yeah. like, you know, saying, you know, you can keep going to if Dwayne could do it, you can do it too. So oh my that's how I feel with that relationship. Yeah. Okay, so we did proudest, we did scariest. What about like a big yeah. lesson learned in the spotlight? Big lesson learned in the spotlight. Um, I guess one of the big ones would have to be always stay on your journey. Um, never look the other way. I think that's part of being an engineer too, right? You are so focused on what your goal is and you stay on that journey. And uh, this industry is not where there's a lot of support, you know, um, yeah. which is that's the other lesson learned that I was like, yo, I came in this late and uh, I'm like, why is this happening or why is this? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so really you, you have to have that group of people that believe in your craziness and who's always going to support you and you stay on that journey and it's didn't done well for me. So I don't yeah. look at what other people are doing. And if I do look at other people, you know, when they say, don't look at, don't follow certain social media, social media pages, if it's making you feel like crap. The truth is you should be looking at those pages and finding how they did it and say, I can do that too. Um, so I look at certain people, I'm like, that's incredible. Okay. If she can do it, it's possible for me. That's how I look at social media. I don't like when people say, don't look at, and you know, makes you feel terrible. It's just, just change the narrative of why you're looking at that page. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I feel about it. Um, so that's been the lesson. It's like, yeah, you just stay focused and stay on your journey. Try not to waver the other way. Mm -hmm. I think it was like in, um, a manifestation course, the instructor asked, what is it about something 
that made you feel kind of like you were yearning or jealous or or envious. Mm-hmm. What what are the qualities that that person has or the things that they have that you want? Like flip it to be mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's how I feel. Like I remember going to a, a it was a, a talk and that's what they were saying. Like, don't, you know, like, no, they're your inspiration. Yeah. Look at them and see, like, you know, when I look, when I do fitness Tuesday, like you brought it, I hope people look at it and go, yo, I can try that. I could potentially <laughs> yeah. get there. I'm this 44 year old woman yeah. wrapping myself around my husband. It is possible for anybody <laughs> else to do it, right? Like it can happen is, you know, but that's, that's how you have to look at it. And, and, I think that's what we need to change. Has it been hard not working out for a couple of weeks? Oh, goodness. So um, the first week. Uh, <laughs> so it's always hard so for me when I, if I have like a cold even, I'm like, I really want to right? go. It's, it's my yeah. therapy. It's my space. Me it's too. my place. I have to go. And so the first week I was slow. I didn't do it the first four or five days. And then I was, I was dying. So I went downstairs and grabbed some five pound, eight pounders and you just went down. started with that. So, yeah. And then I tied my face down with like a, my pantyhose. So I won't overreach the neck. So I'm working out like this the whole time and just doing this. I'm like, this is not proper. Um, but yes, I did start, but very slowly. I'm not doing any cardio, but I am weightlifting, yeah. but not to the extreme I usually do. Um, and You'll it feels get so good. You'll get back. I know. I hope so. I can't <laughs> wait to get back to it, but it's just nice to go down there and, yeah. and work out and take the dog for a walk. And that's the other thing is like, I've got to change the way my life is now. I'm not going to the studio anymore. And, and figuring all that out, like yeah. this is a whole new way of living and figuring what, what am I going to do for the next few, few months and, and figure all that out. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, interesting. I, I think know. that's the right. I've gone word. through all that too. I feel that. Oh yeah. So you know, like it's it's reinvention. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's a different space for sure. Because I've never been unemployed since I was like fourteen. So it's just, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. But then I'm doing branding, so I'm not un- unemployed. I'm still doing social media. So like that's a whole nother job that takes so much time too. So it's uh, yeah, you know, all that too. So so I was gonna ask you about um your experience like working with other women. You know, I've had great experiences, many women who have uplifted me, and then there's been you know a couple stories where it's quite the opposite. But um. Um, yeah, it's kind of comes with the territory again of, of this industry. And I'm, I'm wondering if there's some learnings along the way there and how you dealt with um, some tougher times in that sense too. Yeah. I think we touched on the fact that I was this engineer who came into this industry, didn't know what the language was. I'm quoting language because I thought, hey, there's space for everybody and yeah. la la la, living in la la land, right? Uh, and I had a lesson learned that that's not the case. Um, and especially in Canada, I'm not sure what it is, but, um, I guess because there's so much space, just fewer opportunities. Yeah. Like there's so limited space for people. Um, so yeah, I had, I learned a lot. And one, one of the things I did learn is that you can be friends with women and inspire them. There's space for everybody. Uh, but there are women that I'll be honest that have been in my life that really hurt me to the point I ended up in therapy and I didn't understand what was going on. And uh, one person who was my mentor completely used a new narrative of a situ- of situations. And I'm like, yeah. how, first of all, how do you even go there? And two, why? Why do you want to hurt somebody? Why is that something? So that's when I started learning to like, I need to barricade myself sometimes. 
not always be this free person who speaks so freely, like be careful sometimes what you say. And like, I'm, I joke a certain way. I mean, I used to hang out with guys all the time. I'm an engineer. Like we, we joke certain ways and, yeah. and I'm like, okay, maybe it, that's not, you know, so th- there has been lessons, but most of it's been really positive. Yeah. I used to want to be like really good friends with everyone from work. Like I remember, you know, my first five years in radio, it was like, this is the best yeah. crew. I want to like FOMO if you're not with everyone. And yeah. then, you know, by the next few jobs, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. We can probably yeah. get there, but it's really healthy to have support systems outside of work. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. it. Like that group of people yeah. that huddle around you is so important. And I, I'm so blessed that I do have that group of women. They're actually, they're all, well, one guy, well, they're all women <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I am crazy when I have crazy ideas and they're like, oh, <laughs> rather than like, okay, you're being ridiculous. It's almost like, okay, let's see how we can make this happen. Yeah. And that's so important to me. So you got two girls, right? Do I have that right? Two daughters? I have two girls, 16 and 13. How do you talk to your girls about everything? Like whether it's, you know, showing up on social media in a certain way, protecting yourself, mm-hmm. like all of these things. What's, what's your outlook on all that? So my kids are very, so both of them are not that much on social media. They're not, I think it's partly because mom's on social media and they're They're like, like, forget it. She's kind of ruined it for us. Um, And if I ever use photos or anything about them, they get paid for that. They have a negotiation process. Uh, This is years ago. They had a contract. They're like, okay, this is all you're allowed, mom. And we're going to do this, but how much are you going to pay us? And I was like, oh my God, I've raised the best kids in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Even though they're doing it to me, it's so smart. And so like, I have something coming up soon. And my daughter's like, well, if I'm going to be in the video, how much are you planning to pay me? And I'm like, you know what, let's write it up, write up a contract and we will figure it out. So, um, I knock on wood, but like when I talk to some of my friends and how their kids are dealing with social media, my kids are pretty much 360 of that. I must've freaked them out from social media, but, um, <laughs> they're, they're doing well. And, you know, yeah. one of the great things for both of them is that they they both play volleyball. And if there's anything, when you're raising kids, if you could get your kids in a group sport, do it. Oh, yeah. uh, it will change the way they're, yeah. Cause they say the most time kids get in trouble is after school till dinner. Now my kids in that space are playing volleyball. They're with those close friends. They have, they know who they are and that has been so great for them. They, they want to make their friends proud. They want their team to be proud of them. They want to do better. And learn so much. So that's, yeah. And they're so focused on that. So it's almost like knock on wood right now. I'm going to do it right now, but you know, um, <laughs> they're both really great kids kids. And yeah. I told my daughter who has a lot of allergies, she's 16, she's going to start experimenting. And I said, listen, if you want to do weed, you want to drink, do it with me because the worst thing is get drunk and you have allergies. So we laugh about it, but I'm like, I'm serious. Like, let's, yeah. let's do this together. If that's the space. She's like, mom, I'm like, yeah. Let's like, do the I exposure just and then we'll just see what happens. Exactly. So you know how to handle it if you find yourself on your yeah. own. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, there, I'm a, I'm a, an interesting mother, I guess, in that way. No, uh, no, not but, at all. Uh, yes, it's, uh, you know, I, they're both incredible and we do have a great open relationship where we talk about everything and anything and yeah. they know the door is always open. And plus I, uh, I, you know, my 16 year old, I hug her all the time and she's like, stop, but I know she <laughs> likes it. My little one hugs me all the time, but my older one's just like, she's, what is she? Five, nine, five, whatever she is. Like, 
And so I always grab her and I think she needs that. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, just reading their body and where they are in their lives. But yeah, they're both blessings for sure. Have they ever asked you anything that like threw you for a loop about your career choice? Um, Not really. It's almost like they don't care. Uh, That might be the best part. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what it is. The only time I remember when they got excited was when I met uh, the Minions, like the characters. Like that's the only time I remember they're like, you met the Minions? And I'm like, you know, they're they're costumes. Dwayne Johnson? Um, uh, Okay. (laughs) None of it matters to them. Um, That's what it is. I think when you let them in that conversation at a younger age and they're growing up with it, they don't seem to be phased by it at all. So um, no, I think also that, you know, the even question like, why would you go from engineering to this? And I go, sometimes your passion is always there and it starts speaking to you at a later date in your life. And yeah, and that's what happened to me. You're part of um, CoverGirl's beauty campaigns with uh, the Ageless Collection. The first South Asian Canadian ambassador, which mm. like I was kind of shocked that you're the first. I like what I what year what year what? But anyway, has that work led you to other work? How else are you trying to inspire young women? I think Sarah, that's the other thing is I didn't know I was an inspiration to South Asian women. Here I am at City TV. This is what fifteen <laughs> years ago, doing weather. No idea idea like I never even thought about being a South Asian woman on television like it wasn't a it wasn't a thing to me to someone you're an icon then you go to ET Canada and you're like one of the first South Asian women to host an entertainment national entertainment show you're the first one to do cover girl you're the first one to do pen like all this stuff and then I'm like I actually need to sit with this and understand what's happening. I'm just having a great time. And like, I just, I just love every opportunity, but what that actually means. And so I do go to events sometimes. I went to a high school, I remember, and predominantly South Asian community. And I remember one girl getting up and um, she says she wants to fight for her country. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. And she goes, my parents won't allow me. And we went into this whole conversation and I'm like, do you, do what you want to do. And I'm like, and, and it was because of how women are treated in that culture. And she didn't think she had a voice. And I'm like, yes, you do. I have a voice. You have a voice. You can do this. If this is what you want to do, go for it. And that actually made me realize, yeah, that people are listening to what I have to say. And I have to make sure I understand that I am pushing the South Asian narrative and helping women. And, you know, when I did the cover girl, I go, are, do you, are you sure you have a color that matches my skin tone? Mm-hmm. Right. That was the first conversation I had to have. And they go, and it was, it was perfect. It was called honey and it was perfect match for me. And I was like, Love this it. is great. Look how far we've come. Right. Yeah. And so, um, now I take it, you know, I show my culture. Now I show, I wear langas on my social media. I talk about Diwali. I talk about Navrat. Like I, I expose all that now because I'm like, listen, I have a platform where other people can learn about our culture and I haven't shied away from it anymore. Yeah. And it's because I love any food. I'm like, <laughs> people, I'm like, I'm learning these recipes and make it healthier. And I'm like, I'm going to share this with people. Yeah. Um, and I love the clothes so oh, much. Beautiful I never clothing. wore when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh, this stuff is so gorgeous. And, and that's part of it is that these are South Asian women who are Canadian designers and I want to celebrate them. So if I can help in one way or another, let yeah. me try. So that's been the thing for me. So yeah. 
Okay, perfect segue into uh, the last question I usually ask on this podcast. I want you to drop some names of some women that you basically are nominating to come have a conversation with me, women who have incredible stories to share that will definitely inspire others. Talking about South Asian, I'm going to drop Money Jussel's name. She is a designer that I uh, tend to wear a lot on social media. This young woman started her own business at such a young age and where she has gone is incredible. She stuck to who she was. She stuck to what she believed in and she is a powerhouse. And uh, she just has a way of celebrating the culture, but also being open to everybody, like every culture, like if that makes sense, she makes things clothes that anybody can wear. It doesn't have, you don't have to be South Asian. And, and she is, uh, is a gift. I just, I, to see her grow the way she's grown, it's a beautiful thing. Where's she based? I think she lives in Mississauga or Vaughn. I'm not sure where she's Canadian. And, um, yeah, she's had an incredible journey, 10 years of journey and yeah, she's incredible. Behind the scene, another South Asian woman, Maria Chowdhury, who is our designer, uh, she dressed me for the last two years. Incredible soul. She is absolutely amazing at what she does. Again, more clothing, but like she she has a gift. She has a gift of looking at you and saying, this is what you're going to wear. And I'm like, no, only like black and white. And she's like, no, we're putting this color on you. And she just has a way to make you shine. And she's just the most beautiful, beautiful soul. Absolutely amazing. Um, in terms of broadcasting, there's a, my like one of my favorite person is Kelty Knight, who's in the US, a Canadian. Okay. She was working on ET and she created her own uh, podcast, The Lady Gang, to creating a show on CBS where she's executive producer. This girl is a hustler. She does not stop. She is doing her own thing. She's an entrepreneur and watching her grow the way she has shows like I say, like it's possible. It is watching her. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. She is an inspiration to me. The fact the way she has built her empire. I'm like, I know I'm, I'm a bit afraid right now. I'm in that position where she started 10 years ago and I'm like, okay, she can do it. I can do it too. So uh, Kelty Knight, I would say is one of the most incredible people in the industry. Well, I really respect you coming on this podcast while you're going through all the feels right now. So thank <laughs> thank you. You know, and, and I think there's a lot to celebrate about those yeah. 18 seasons. And thanks for being willing to kind of wade through all the feelings. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks for having me as well. And we figured this out. And <laughs> it's great to <laughs> chat with you. And, you know, I have a different email address now. It's all good. Thank you so much for having me. And people know where to find you. So if uh, you're thinking of Sangeeta for something, drop her a note. Thank you. You will find all of Sangeeta's links if you'd like to keep up with her next chapter in the show notes and at womeninmedia.ca. There you can can send me guest requests. You can send me a note if you have a question or comment about a previous episode. And you can also sign up for my newsletter, which will soon have some things in it you might want to know about. We're in the building phase, okay? So back with a new episode for you in two weeks. And thank you so much for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. 
And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's this luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.